Yeah, you got to tell it you're okay with recording your every word so we can talk <laughs> about the true Arlen Glick. <laughs> You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to the next episode of the Run the Riot podcast. And this week, we got my friend Arlen Glick. Man, we have a great conversation. We talk about Western States and how that unfolded, where he he podiumed at Western States. Super proud of him for that, man. He is, he's been on a tear. Run, rabbit, run. We get to talk about how that panned out. And when this comes out, he is about to run, yeah, Javelina 100 again. Uh, we joke around a little bit about what happened last time and <laughs> what his plans are for this time. But if you aren't planning on keeping up with Havelina 100, uh, you need to be checking it out because it is a stacked field. We talk a little bit about it on the podcast. I can't wait to see how the race unfolds. So check it out. Before we get started, though, let's uh, let's look at our sponsors, man. First of all, the Outlaw Race Series. Man, you've got to check out the Outlaw Race Series if you haven't. Just do it. Go to www.outlaw100.com. There are a bunch of races all throughout the year, all throughout Oklahoma, and then now some in Kansas. Uh, great races put on by great people. Check them all out. Lake McMurtry, uh, Greater Roadrunner, Trail Run, Flower Moon, Dark and Dirty, Flat Rock, uh, Thunderbird, and the Outlaw 100. And there's a couple others that I think are under that umbrella now, but we'll we'll see about those in a little bit. Uh, we're also brought to you by Pure Tiva. Uh, Puritiva for recovery. It's CBD made in the USA, bioavailable delivery system. The sleep chews are amazing. Um, the the roll on has a, a thousand milligrams of broad spectrum CBD with some magnesium infused in there. And there's also a cream that I use on sore muscles that works fantastically. Go to Tiva T I V A dot dot run to check that out. And uh, last but certainly not least, well, actually we got two more. First of all, Long Run Coffee. Go to coffee.runtheriot.run. Check out Long Run Coffee. He was a guest on our, uh, a few episodes ago. Uh, check out the Run the Riot Roast, man. It's awesome. It's good. It's, it's, it's electrolyte-infused coffee. What's not to love about that? We need electrolytes, and we love coffee, so yeah, check it out. Uh, and we're also brought to you by Runner's World Tulsa. My friends at Runner's World Tulsa are awesome. They are all about the ultra. They're all about running, period. But uh, man, ultra running, they've got a lot of experience. They've got what you need there. Uh, if you're in the Tulsa area, come by Runners World Tulsa or go to www.runnersworldtulsa.com. You can also check out the races that they've got going on there. All right. I think that's all. Let's talk to my buddy Arlen Glick. Once again, we got my friend Arlen Glick. Arlen, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Never better. Excited, excited. Yeah. Oh, having a great time. Well, man, uh, we haven't had a chance to visit. Uh, last time we talked, uh, which was really cool. Um, it was, it was. I was, I had just crashed and burned at Tahoe, and <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, you and I got to meet in person and hang out. Man, I got to got to eat lunch with your family. 
And, uh, you know, we just got to really visit and we didn't get to run together because I was crippled, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, had a great time. Yeah, man. Your family's awesome, man. I, I, I really sincerely enjoyed it, man. Yeah. Your family's doing all right. Everybody's good. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're doing, doing well. Um, if you hear any new noise in the background, it's my nieces and nephews tearing up the town. So <laughs> nice. that's, uh, we're babysitting tonight. <laughs> yeah. Been great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the last time we chatted was at, uh, it was like the day before Western States. Yeah. So yeah. sitting in Olympic Valley, eating lunch while yeah. it sort of rained and <laughs> sunshined at the same time <laughs> yeah exactly e- eating mexican food getting getting rained on and yeah it was <laughs> uh so what well, well, yeah was great. let's let's start from there man um because like you know I've, i i know you've done other podcasts and stuff since western states and all that but i purposefully didn't listen to them because i wanted to hear it straight from from the arlen's mouth <laughs> so um so, man, because we talked before, you know, we talked about, you know, we talked a little bit about game plan and and this is a, I mean, this is a, you know, different race from from what you're you're used to running. I mean, because, you know, most of you look back at your ultra sign up and we talked a little bit about that. I know you you enjoy the trails and stuff, but a lot of what you've run has been, you know, a little bit flatter than, than Western states. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, you weren't too concerned about it. And, um, and man, you went out there and crushed it. So I'm just going to say congratulations right now. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Um, is there anything else you wanted to ask before I take off here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause when you take off, it's go. All right. All right. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to ask you this so everybody can hear. So what did, what did you do? Because like I said, a lot of your, 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 your races before were flat, uh, share with everybody kind of what did, what did you do to train differently for Western States? You went to the camp. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the camp is very helpful. Um, just to learn a lot about the race and kind of what you're going to get into, um, but yeah, I'm a super high volume kind of guy. So, um, yeah, I did a lot of volume, but around here we have like, it's, you can run whatever you want around here. We don't have 3000 foot climbs or anything, but we have, you know, short Western States. I was just kind of trying to throw up really big numbers with vert, um, did some incline on the treadmill. Um, but yeah, I was getting, between 20 and 30,000 feet of vert a week training. However, I could, um, the week out there was very, very, very nice. Cause running on trail and getting a ton of vert, but not having to necessarily work for it. It just was enjoying the place. Um, but yeah, definitely went through, you know, I was injured really bad in February, the worst injury in my career, um, healed up just in time to put in a very short, but very, very intense training block for States. So yeah, I was excited going into it. Um, injury definitely did play into my Western States performance. Um, it wasn't the injury itself, but it was kind of compensating for that injury. Um, you know, my left hip was injured in February Well, all season I've been dealing with right leg, everything from, you know, hamstring to quad has been overworking, just, just compensating for that injury. Um, but it's been, you know, I've been keeping it at bay. So yeah, that's, uh, what got me there. (laughs) Nice. Nice. So, so, okay. You, you get to the, to the starting line, man. And what was, I mean, 
honestly, what was your game plan? Because, you know, for I mean, most people know when Western State starts. I mean, you just you just run up for four miles. <laughs> and so did, let me ask you this. Did you yeah. run? Did you run the whole thing or did you power hike some of it? Oh, no. Oh, no, no. I I would never run the whole way up there. That <laughs> okay. was my worst day. Yeah. OK. Yeah, good. it was great. I mean, like to, to paint the picture, you've been there, stood at the start line. You know what that's like. But for oh, yeah. folks that have not been there, it it is just a shocking experience. I mean, the race director the day before is talking about the, the people that flew over from who knows where yeah. um, they were on the wait list, didn't know until the day before the race if they were going to be able to run or not. And, and I mean, just like when you realize how special it is to be there and there's 1600 volunteers and probably 2000 crew members. And like when you realize you're the one wearing the bib number, it really takes you back. Like when you realize how bad people want to get in this, how many people there are that want this. And like, it is a special moment. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh dark, the, the race start, you know, in the dark and yeah, you shoot right up the, I don't know, is it like 2,500 feet? You go in the first four miles. Um, Something like that. and yeah, I was, my goal was to get to the top behind Camille Heron. That was, <laughs> that, that was the only goal I had in terms of, of pacing. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was fairly close to that. I think she was, I think she was somewhere real close when we got to the top. Um, nice. but yeah, just, it, just having a great time. I was probably in 20th place or something chilling with a whole bunch of good friends, all kinds of cool people that I was hanging out with for the first 10 miles or so. So what was the game plan going in? Uh, just, just to, to kind of, uh, I mean, what, what was your game plan? It was, it was kind of, it, I wouldn't say it was too specific. Like I wanted to really enjoy the Western States experience and, yeah. and kind of set the competitive side uh, aside, but I knew like, based on past results, like I could throw down a really good time here. Like I, I, I could do really well here, but it was my first mountain race. So I didn't want to take it extremely aggressive or anything. Um, so I took a very moderate ap- approach to it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I wanted to make sure I enjoyed the experience and didn't, I mean, I stopped at the top of the first climb just to turn around and look back at Lake Tahoe, like you told me to do, yeah. um, because if you blaze over the top, you'll never see that again. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I was definitely enjoying the experience experience. Um, but I wanted to race ultimately at the end. I wanted to feel cooked at the end. Um, but yeah, it got super hot that day. Um, like we all sort of knew it would. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I learned through that experience. My strengths are definitely like on the downhill, the flat sections, the downhill. Um, I struggled a lot on the climbing, but that's, you know, you just, you just live and learn. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, you, you, you learn a lot from, from being on the course. How'd you like, uh, how'd you like the canyons, man? Were they pretty warm that day? <laughs> yeah, they were warm. I would say like, I, I would compare it to, to have a lean. I ran have a got my golden ticket. That's, you know, what got me into Western States. Um, but have seems so consistently hot. Like you are in full sun all day yeah. long yeah. and Western States. I found it really tricky. Like in and in and out of the canyons, like it just, you'd feel these heat waves come along and the temperature seemed to change a lot, but yeah. all in all, it was super hot. I could not believe how much time I spent at aid stations, just like dousing myself with ice water and, and like how full my bandana had to be every time when I went out of there. And just like the amount of ice that we went through with it, they ordered 32,000 pounds of ice, <laughs> which is 
80 pounds of ice per runner for That's one crazy. day, which just blows my mind. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. It was extremely hard. That section really, really tore me up. Um, I ran very well from like Robinson flat all the way down to the river, um, got to the river crossing and then, you know, devil's thumb. And from there on is where I really struggled. That's where I had to, you know, hike pretty much all the climbs, um, and to kind of get into the more difficult part of the race, the, the sad part. Um, that's where I started like cramping in my, my hamstring, which is not typical for me, but this yeah. was just, uh, live and learn it, it come on, you know, because of my injury, probably, um, yeah. compensating for that. Um, but also my, my energy levels really tanked. And I think like looking back, you know, hindsight's always 2020 as they say. And I think I was looking at mileage differences instead of like looking at exact times, how long mm-hmm. I would spend. And my nutrition plan was based on, like, I knew I would be getting a certain amount of calories every time I had crew access. And there was one section there where I was thinking it would be like hour, hour and a half. And it was like three hours between crew, oh, which, which is yeah. not a problem. There's, there's aid stations between there. Um, but based yeah. on just, you know, one, one uh, shot of Morton between there and then like an energy gel was carrying me very well but I got that one section and just totally miscalculated um, was drinking whatever drink sports drink they had there. And it tasted really watered down, but I'm like, that's okay. I'm probably have too many calories anyway. Um, and I think that's probably what like spiraled me down for a long time was just a calorie deficit. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I figured that out kind of around, I think it was around, it would have been the next time I saw my crew that I like sat down and actually, downed quite a few calories there and kind of got, got my feet, uh, got my feet under me again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I suffered definitely the rest of the day because like, I really felt like I had a big comeback. My energy levels bounced right back and I felt so good. Yeah. But then like every time I would try to use that to, to really gain, to get ahead, then like the cramping would come oh, back in that. my hamstring. <laughs> and it was like, I definitely could run well, but like every time I tried to push really hard, mm-hmm. it would like really come back to bite me. Uh, and so sometimes like going, you know how it is when your hamstrings cramping, when you're going downhill, which, you know, it's mostly downhill after that, yeah. like your, your leg wants to stick up yeah. and yeah. that's can be, you know, it can trip you and, and whatever. Um, but I was, I was glad like, coming into forest hill um i think it was michigan bluff is kind of where i like shook myself and i was like wait a minute i haven't had any calories and it's been like three hours and it's i'm like that's that's my problem like that's why i have hiked every climb yeah. uh in the in the in the past three hours i, I is because i you know my calories are down um yeah. so coming into forest hill like i kind of corrected that problem between michigan bluff like which is, I think, around mile 55. Um, so between there and Forest Hill, 62, is where I really downed a ton of calories, um, yeah. was was getting my energy levels back. But yeah, coming into Forest Hill, uh, Jeff Browning was there at the bottom of, of Bath Road there. And he's like trotting along a little bit, like asking me how it's going. I'm like, dude, I can't climb. Like I'm doing horrible <laughs> today. This is just... And he's like, what are you talking about? You're doing great. Like it's hot. Like yeah. this is just, this is this part this is of part it for the course. Like this yeah. is just it. Like you're, you're doing awesome. And it was good to have somebody like that 
yeah that amount of experience just to be like dude you're doing okay you got this um and yeah i felt great coming out of there and like like then after that i was i was reeling guys back in that had passed me earlier um and felt felt so good um from there kind of down to the river crossing you know cow uh down cow street they call it yeah um where <laughs> where the downhill like really played to my favor that's when things i felt like i really had wheels under me um but yeah i pretty much had to i determined at that point that every time i got to a climb it was just going to be a hiker like you, i couldn't run any climbs yeah you, you know you know it would have helped you uh, before i crossed the river uh, I had uh, a Starbucks Frappuccino uh, in a bottle, and that that, that might have helped your energy level. <laughs> okay. okay, for those of you who haven't heard the last the last time I was on the show, I threw Terry David under the uh, I, under the bus um, on his own podcast because he he was talking about how good a Frappuccino would would taste, and I didn't I didn't take his the whole package, all of his advice. And I didn't try it before race day. And I went out the desert solstice and drank that stuff. And of the 24 hours out there, I think at least 20 of them, I was in the port of John's. (laughs) Anyhow, it was just maybe a slight exaggeration there, but it just did not, did not work out for me. So that's why he suggested that. Um, Well, Hey, but seriously, I have have that memory. Like right before uh, I met my, my crew right before the the river crossing. And that that's where, that's where I downed one. It was getting, of course it was getting dark. I was a little bit slower than you guys, but uh, it helped, it helped me, you know? Yeah. Coke, Coke does it for me. So Coke to me is like frap to you. And I love frap. Like I, I love coffee, but yeah, Not yeah something running. about something about, yeah, while I'm running, it just, it just moves through me too quick. So um, it moves you in a different way. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, so, so yeah. No, so I was in like, go, go ahead. No, I was going to ask. So what did you think you do? Cause I just remember suffering coming out of devil's thumb. What do you think about that climb out of devil's thumb, man? <laughs> it's awesome um i mean it's hard the sun hits you right there i think no matter how fast or slow you are you're going to be there during the day and like it's going to be like it's just steep i I think what is it 1800 feet in about so it's it's a thousand feet a mile i mean it's it's crazy there was no running up it or anything it was just uh, resigned to hiking. And, and like, that was a cool section. I caught one of the French guys at the bottom of devil's thumb. Um, I caught Tim Tolson halfway up devil's thumb. Nice. Like that was a good section of the race. Yeah. I get to the top, the aid station. And they're like, well, you look happier than anybody that's been through here so far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, that was tough. Like I was sitting there for a long time, just trying to cool down when I got to the top of that. Um, yeah. but yeah, that, that is, uh, the most memorable spot on the race is right there. I mean, I, I don't know how you can't can't just love that place. <laughs> I don't know about love it, but you know, uh, one one of the things about Western states for those people, uh, you know, they warned ahead of time. They said a lot of the aid stations where your crew can meet you are right after those gnarly climbs, and so they just said, just just be warned, your your runner's going to look like garbage, you know, and and. Uh, <laughs> My wife was like, yeah, they were right. Cause you looked like garbage at a lot of those aid stations. You know? 
Yeah. Well, and they are, and they're strategically placed there. I mean, you can't get down to the river for one, so it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't make sense to have crew down there anyway. Um, but when you get up top, yeah, that's the crew stays up high really. And every time you see them, yeah, you're at the top and you just came up a climb and it, you know, it's super hot. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember talking to one of the cameramen and he was like, telling me the position he sits where he catches people at their lowest moment every time he's like up a certain climb at a certain distance i'm like okay good for you yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah oh that's crazy it's well, great uh, we, we had a great time sorry well go ahead no no there's a little delay but uh i was, I was gonna say like it was it's cool to know like like jeff browning and i've had him on the podcast he's such a great guy and um, he it, it was cool to know, like for him to tell you, like, no, this is part of it. Like everybody's suffering like you are, you know, even, you know, from the front to the back. And, and I mean, look at he's run that thing so many times. And so uh-huh. I don't know that it, that's cool. The cool thing about ultra running is people like that is like, no, nah, man, you're you're in it. You know, you're, you're good. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, it was great. And like a big turning point for me, you know, I watched the uh, unbreakable like a, a week or two before the race. Yeah. And that's, you know, the race where Jeff Rose was behind and he was, you know, doing horrible all day and like, he couldn't climb. He had to hike all the climbs. And I remembered rolling into forest Hill and thinking, you know what, Jeff Rose, like he won the race and he yeah. lost his climbing legs. And that's like, gave me this little glimmer of hope that like, I could still have an amazing day because at that point I thought, I'm not even going to top 10 here. Like this is, I'm losing spots. This is just not going well. And I can't climb like I, but yeah, Jeff reminded me that, well, it's all downhill after this. Like this is all, I mean, there is big climb still, but um, proportionately. (laughs) uh, Yeah. Yeah. So it was really fun coming out of forest Hill, uh, ran down a few guys that had had passed me. And I, I hovered in, I think fourth place for a good, a good section of that. Um, down to the river, uh, got to the river, um, that, yeah, that river crossing is, is just phenomenal. Um, I remember I was cramping up a bit and I was at the top of a, of a little knoll and I bent over trying to loosen my leg up because I literally, like I went from where I was running to where I was hiking and then I couldn't hike. Like it literally locked up and as I tried to loosen that sucker up and I stood up for my little stretch and I looked down and the aid station is right there. And like, I was like, Oh, I got to like put this smile on my face and like try not to limp as I run down this hill. And I got to the aid station and like, I was trying to kind of stretch, stretch that hammy out, but like, I'm still very conscious that everybody's watching and like, they're going to tell, they're going to tell everybody else what's going on. Like this dude's hurt and he's cramping. He, you know, I like, I know that happens. And So I was trying, like, I wasn't even telling my crew what was going on. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just, you know, <laughs> drinking my Coke and Game that face. river's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had to, uh, so it wasn't a boat year. Thank goodness. We got to actually cool off while we went across the river. Nice. Um, but yeah, hiked, hiked up out of there. I mean, there was just, it was not pretty after that. There's that pretty good climb up out of there. And yeah. um, at that point, like Jared, Jared was ahead of me. Hayden Hawks was up there. Uh, Adam was in the lead. Um, and I get it, get up to that aid station and picked up Derek, my, my final pacer. Um, and really, I really enjoyed the last 20 miles, um, from, 
you know, the river crossing, the finish line was, was a lot of fun. Like that's a lot of runnable flat ish, you know, little yeah. bumpy, uh, punchy climbs. Um, there's a couple rivers you, you cross small streams that I laid down in a couple of them to try to cool <laughs> off. Yeah. Uh, had, had a really good, yeah, had a really, uh, I felt like a really solid time there, but like every time I would just really try to push, it was like, it just come back to bite me. So I just kind of hovered at that, at that, you know, constant effort. Um, and it wasn't too far into that when I caught a glimpse of Jared up ahead and I was like, hold it, that's Jared. Like, and here I was like earlier, that was one of the, one of the more exciting moments in the race, because like, here I was earlier thinking I'm not even going to top 10 and like here I'm, I'm looking at possibly making a podium. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember if it was before I caught Jared or after that, but I came into an aid station and I was cooling off and I heard a bunch of cheering and I looked back and somebody comes down the trail into the aid station and I got my stuff together as fast as I could. And I left the aid station, not knowing who it was or anything. All I knew is that we're 85 miles in and somebody is right on my heels. Yeah. And I had felt like I had pulled things together. Like I felt like I was doing well at this point. And I'm like, okay, somebody else is, <laughs> is having a strong second half too. Like yeah. somebody else is making up. Um, so catching Jared was, was a big boost of energy. Um, uh, my pacer was very encouraging, like, dude, you're going to like maybe podium here. But I knew that there was somebody right behind me. Like as soon as I gained that spot, I could lose it that quick. Yeah, um, yeah, but I tried not to let it like bother me. I tried to just like stay focused, stay moving every minute I could. Um, kind of rushed through that <clears throat> that final section. Um, got to coming up to pointed rocks again. Still hiking every climb, just hoping that like at the top of every climb, it was a breath of fresh air. Where he hasn't caught me yet, I can yeah, like yeah. run down now. And like knowing he was putting time on me every time I would go up and I knew I had to make up for that on the, on the descent, yeah. um, got up to pointed rocks and he still hadn't caught me. Um, and I'm at the aid station cooling down and I spent probably like two or three minutes there. And all of a sudden my sister comes to me and she says, Hey, the other guy just came in the aid station. And I'm like, Oh yeah, we're, <laughs> we're 94 miles. We got you know <laughs> roughly an hour to go. Yeah. <laughs> and and I know that I have, he's been on my heels for the last 10 miles and yeah. this is, this is all, this is it. Like whatever happens in the next six miles, this yeah. is it. So grab, grab my stuff, like purposely left my headlamp there. That way I would feel the pressure of racing the sun as <laughs> yeah, it's going nice. down. And <laughs> I just tore out of there. And as I'm running out of there, I remember I had trained that section a whole lot. Like I had, I yeah. had done that section a lot. I knew that. I knew that well. And there's a long, a long, like gradual descent down to no hands bridge, the river crossing. And I knew that I could really go well on that. It was just the right grade downhill. It was yeah. somewhat technical, but still, you know, runnable. Um, and so I just hammered it and knowing that we had to climb that long climb up into Auburn and knowing my, I was going to have to hike that. And here yeah. I've got somebody on my heels and I knew if I didn't put like three minutes on this guy in the next three miles that he would just eat me up on that climb. Yeah. Um, and so like in my head, I'm playing this out. I have to put time. Like, I can't just keep ahead of this guy. I yeah. have to actually like really 
nail this section. So I'm running is just as fast as I could. And I think I dropped like a six, like a low six minute pace <laughs> for, crazy, for a certain portion there. <laughs> yeah. And I get, get down to no hands and I, and I go across the bridge and, you know, there's people cheering and we're having a great time, but I know I'm going to have to just fake it up the, up the climb. And yeah. I remember I didn't hear any cheering after I left no hands. And that was a big relief because yes. <laughs> like, if you hear someone cheering 30 seconds behind you, you know that like the guy is 30 seconds back. Yeah. So I knew that like, I must've managed to put a gap between us. Um, but climbing up and then my head was playing games with me. Like there's a little bit of an echo in the Canyon there. And I yeah. remember hearing foot, you know, footsteps behind me. And I didn't, didn't even turn around to look back. I'm just like, I don't care if he's catching me. I'm not even gonna look back. <laughs> and then finally I realized it was maybe my pacer or something. <laughs> and it was just like a death, a, a death march. Um, yeah. But I got, I was so relieved when I got up to uh, the top, you know, when I got into Auburn, I got to Roby Point and then I climbed that last really steep on the road to climb to mile 99. When yeah. I got to nine, mile 99, I turned around and looked back just to see if he was on the climb and I didn't see anybody. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if it was hallucination or what, but it's, it's almost look seems impossible that I didn't see him uh, yeah. because Tyler Green, they clocked him at 20 seconds back at Roby point. Dude. And, you know, we're fighting for a podium, a podium. So yeah. at this point, and, and, you know, the hunter and the hunted game comes into play yeah. and like the guy from behind almost always catches if it's, if it, if he's striking distance at all, just the whole mental game. And I'm like totally aware of this. Yeah. Um, in fact, I paced somebody just a week, week and a half ago and it came down to, you know, they were never five minutes apart during the whole race. And the, the, the guy who spent the entire race, Caleb Bowen, who spent the entire race behind Jacob Moss passed him at, at 99 and a half. Oh, I mean, it was man. just like, yeah, it, but that's just usually the way it plays out. Yeah, and yeah. So, so yeah, so I'm aware of this and, but I'm like, okay, this is great. I have plenty of time. I don't have to worry about it. So I'm just like running maybe a seven minute pace or something, just like a comfortable for, for a last mile, it was a comfortable yeah. and I'm like, I'm going to enjoy it. Enjoy this. I'm not, I'm not pushed anymore. Well, I get down and I just get inside of the track. You know, you have to run down, then you would take a left-hand turn, then a right. And then you jump through that little gate and yeah, yeah. all that. And I, all of a sudden somebody yells and they said, Tyler's right there. And <laughs> I never looked back to see him, but <laughs> apparently my crew, see Tyler must've told his pacers crew everybody to stay behind because he was all by himself yeah. at this point i think he, he saw me up there and he must have been like you know and i mean we're good we're good friends it's, yeah it's yeah, all yeah. good but like that's on race day it's a race like, man. we're gonna just race. do everything we can i mean it, it's a race we're yeah. we're gonna like laugh about this later but we're gonna have we're gonna do what we can now and yeah. so i think my crew everybody else like missed him yeah. um because as you know the last for the last mile, you can run, you know, you can have as many people run with you as, as once. So my whole crew was there. And so they yelled, Tyler's, you know, right there. And I just took off in a dead sprint. And I'm like, if he catches me on this track, that is going to be a memory. I'll never, I'll never lay down. Like, yeah, like I, I'm happy with, with where I'm at. And like, I'm yeah. happy with fourth, but do I want to tell the story that, <laughs> you know, I got, I got, 
eaten up on the on the track like yeah nobody's gonna believe any of these stupid excuses that i was (laughs) cramping and then my nutrition was off and that it was hot and all that like all this all i'm gonna remember about western states is getting eaten up on the track like this last (laughs) 300 meters are gonna mean everything i took off as fast as i possibly could um around the track and i I don't remember exactly what happened some some kid ran out in front of me or something and like I don't remember exactly what happened if I jumped or dodged. Anyhow, um, ended up coming through the finish line and I turn around the finish line, look back and Tyler just rounded the corner. Yeah. And he, as soon as he saw me uh, across the finish line, he just like started walking. Yeah. <laughs> he oh, just man. walked it in. It was just like this, just like this respectable, defeated look. And I, like what just happened like that anyhow it was great it was so fun though i was able to get back up i was laying on the track at that point <laughs> and i was able to get back up and like be the first person to hug tyler when he come across the finish line and that was yeah that was crazy that was western states <laughs> oh man well yeah because I, I was looking at it um, I anyway the story yeah because it. it was like fit what uh, it looks like 53 seconds difference but but it was much closer than that because like yeah i think somebody said like i think somebody said 18 seconds difference when we entered the track so wow like it really was about 18 seconds but then you know of course once he realized there's no real in me and i think i think that's when he just like decided just to walk it in which you know is cool he still had a pr for the course he still had you know fourth place It, it was still it's still a great day, but I think that would be so hard to like fight for something all day and like yeah. be that close to me for that long. Yeah. And then like for that to, to slip right out of your fingertips, that would be hard. That would yeah. have been like hard. <laughs> um, but you know, at the finish line, he said he, you know, the last year he placed second there and yeah. he's like, this was better than second place. He said mm-hmm. the experience I had, uh, was was better than second place so yeah that was awesome <laughs> yeah, that's cool so so having having been been there and and really especially considering you did you know you did have an injury you had to modify training and um you, you know deal with the heat for the first time and just just really experiencing it man uh are you are you excited at the possibility of, of getting back out there oh yeah um i think like I love the mountains. I think my, my strength is, is on the flats, but I think like I have the hundred mile distance down well enough that I can bridge that gap of, of maybe, you know, points where uh, of my weaknesses. Um, but yeah, I can't wait. Like the one thing that's really cool about Western States, I mean, it doesn't feel like a net downhill, um, because there is so much climbing. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's, it's what, like 18 up and 22 down. So you really don't feel the difference, right. but I really enjoy the part where like the, the end of the race, you know, complements my strengths where I'm good at downhill. And I yeah. usually have a struggle anyway in the first 50 miles. And so it kind of hits me really hard. And then that course just like saves me at the end. And so yeah. I, yeah, I definitely think that the course was, was definitely built for me. 
Um, I can't wait. Like I've, I've been telling people I could see myself 10 years from now. If there's, if there's a way I could somehow stay in the race for 10 years, yeah. I think I'll be there in 10 years, like still competing. I think, I think that's one race I could go back to every year. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I would love to see it. I mean, and, and, you know, for those of you who don't know, I mean, you, you, you podium place third and, and a very, I mean, for that course of 15, 56, six, seven, uh, 15, 56, 17, dude, that's, that's fantastic. And you were right behind, I mean, uh, what 11 minutes behind Hayden. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was about 10 minutes back of Hayden for yeah. the last maybe 20 miles or so. It was like, yeah. I, I like, I would have loved to go and just reel him in. Um, and some people were asking me, was I trying to, and I think I realized at that point, like every time I tried to push really hard, I still was dealing with the cramping. And so it wasn't like he was not in my striking distance, um, yeah. on a, on a good day. Maybe I could have, I think we were moving about the same pace. Yeah. Um, I think he obviously blew up pretty bad and, and, you know, was hurting pretty bad at the end. Um, uh, but I felt like, yes, it could very well happen, but I felt like it would, it would take a pretty big mistake on his end. Like he would have to hit, hit the dirt pretty hard, um, for me to yeah. catch him. I wasn't just going to catch him out of, out of me running fast. He was going to have to screw up. Um, yeah. so yeah. I'm, I'm at peace with, with what happened there. Oh yeah. Um, I can't say the same for Tyler green. He, he's going to have to, <laughs> he's going to have to deal with that one on his own, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. It, it was, it was awesome though. Um, yeah, it was it was a great experience. All of yeah, yeah. fantastic, man. I, I was I was so excited when I you know when I saw that you know you you podiumed and all, and you know especially your first time running it, big mountain race, and and uh, I I was pumped for you. You know, I just you know you just don't know you know what's gonna what's gonna happen with yeah. Arlen. You know, you don't know what's gonna happen. And man, you get you're not there and you crushed it and you learned a bunch. So man, I'm I'm excited to see you run it again. You know, with with the lessons you've learned and just just see how how those go into play you know and uh and what happens you know it, it'll be cool and you never know who's going to be running too so it's you know the yeah. competition it's, it's it'd be fun yeah i mean it, it never fails when you have the competition never fails there i mean it's obviously the most competitive race in the in the in the states for sure but yeah. one of the most in the world i mean with the golden ticket system and the top yeah. 10 regaining entry and just the fact that there are 7,000 people wanting to get in. Like if people have a shot at it, they go for it. Yeah. Um, and if their talent can get them there, they will go get a gold ticket, go for it. And when you've yeah. got like the winner of the top two of, of the most competitive events there, I mean, the, the golden ticket events produce better competition than pretty much any, any other races out there with the yeah. exception of Western States. Um, it, it makes for quite a field of guys to stack up against. I mean, it can be so intimidating, but you just have yeah. to remember that like a lot of these guys are going to have a bad day yeah. and you just have to focus on on your day and what you're yeah. going to do with the, with what you have to work with. Well, okay. So complete honesty. Then we'll, then we'll, we'll move on from Western States. Cause I got to hear about the next, <laughs> your next race, but, yeah. but so, so when you, when you were at the starting line, where, where, where was there, were you intimidated any or, you know, or were you just kind of at peace and just, cause I know you, you know, like you said, you were just going to run your race, but, but were you a little kind of like, Oh man, how, how'd I get here? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was crazy to be there. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I was intimidating, intimidated. Like I've done so many of these before. Yeah. Yeah. Like I knew what the worst had, I, I knew what the worst, worst case scenario was. 
I do horrible. And this is still going to be awesome having to seeing this course. Yeah. I knew there were tough guys there, but it wasn't like I have run enough of these to know that it doesn't matter who's at the start line. What matters is, is the finish line. Um, I knew that each and every one of those guys could blow up, um, me included. And like, (laughs) it just like, I, I, I was, I was very honored to, to, to take a podium spot at the end considering how, like, I felt like I really had a bad day um, from yeah. my standards, yeah. but yet from the standards of Western States, you know, top three is, I felt like that was a good day. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, it was, it was great. Well, I, I, I'll be excited. Maybe next year you'll have a, a good Arlen day and we'll see what happens there. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. I can't wait to take the experience I have and just yeah. like, knowing nutritionally a little bit better how to fuel. Um, yeah. and then, yeah. yeah, hopefully the, I'll have, I'll grow some mountain legs between now and then. And, <laughs> yeah. and I can, and, uh, I, maybe I can have a good day. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, well, speaking of mountain legs, so you, you kind of, you went from Western States and then you, you decided I'm, I'm going to do i I'm going to do some run rabbit run, man. So I, I, I haven't heard, <laughs> haven't heard a whole lot about your, your experience there, but you did, you did take second place and a really good time for that race, man. So, um, so tell me, tell me about run rabbit run. What'd you, what'd you learn out there? How was it? Yeah. I mean, after, after my experience at Western States, um, I wished so bad that I had set up another race right after that because I felt so good. I recovered so well and just with the difficulties I had at Western States kept me from, from beating myself up. Like, a day later I was carrying suitcases down the stairs. Like I normally would hang on to both handrails going down the stairs and here I am (laughs) carrying suitcases down. So, but my mental space, I was not prepared to jump into something right away. So I I felt like waiting till September was just the right thing to do. Um, But then again, I looked at like the calendar and I'm like, you know what? The snow is going to be flying really soon in the mountains. And like, if I want to do another mountain race before Western States, 2023, it's going to have to be this summer. Like I'm going to have to make something happen. Um, so jumped into what to uh, run rabbit run, um, took a very similar approach. Um, as you may know, that race is, I don't know, I get a bunch of different reports with something around 20,000 feet of vert. Um, yeah. and it starts at 6,500, um, goes up to 10, five. We spend a, a ton of time up at 10, five. So okay. there's, it's like, altitude is not really an issue at Western States. You know, you go up to right. 9,000 feet, but then you come right back down. And I feel like altitude is just not even really a factor. Um, yeah. But yeah, for run rabbit run altitude was going to be a big factor. And that was something that I really wanted to, to feel before I put my name in the lottery for, for races next year. I wanted to feel like something with more altitude, something with more climbing since I sucked at the climbing at Western States. Um, so it run rabbit run just felt like the the right thing to do. Um, so yeah, I went, uh, training went pretty well for that. Um, trained very similar to Western States. Only I had a really long gradual buildup rather than a sharp buildup. Um, didn't maybe peak out with quite as high a volume, but my buildup was a lot longer. So it felt similar. Um, I wanted to tackle like all of my weak points I wanted to tackle. So I have never run through yeah. the night. So run rabbit run is a noon start. So the winning time is usually about 6am um, the following yeah. morning. So I was like, okay, 
I'm for sure going to get to run through the night for this. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to get some altitude. Um, and also run rabbit run is known for being freezing cold at night. Yeah. And that's something that I have done horrible at. I've, well, I've been on the podcast here before and talked about desert solstice and hypothermia and everything. And I'm like, I am going to just take the bull by the horns and just see what happens with this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I took off uh, for that race, knowing it was going to punch me right where it hurt the worst. And all my, you know, all my weak points were going to get just tested. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think I got that. I nailed most of it. Like I didn't struggle with the cold. I, I definitely was prepared for that. Um, as far as getting sleepy, I mean, I dealt with it, but I felt like I dealt with it well, as good as you could for your, your first time. Um, yeah. and as far as the altitude goes, that's, that was challenging. Um, yeah. I just, you know, I, I went out with a, with a plan that I'm going to take it pretty easy, but I definitely get some portion in the race wanted to push really hard. Yeah. And like I was running with people that I knew, I think I, that race is a little different. It's similar to Western States in that you go straight up a ski slope. Um, but it's like 4,000 foot straight up instead of 2,500. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, it's almost like two Western States, you know, climbs at the beginning. And <clears throat> so went up there and, and just, you know, running to form, I was in like 15th place or something at the top and like, felt like I was really under control. Um, yeah was running with, with some guys that I felt really comfortable with. Like there's some, some guys that have a lot more experience than me. And so I felt like I was playing this race very smart, but ultimately looking back, like the entire elite field blew up except for Richard, the guy who won. Yeah. And I think, I think like, honestly, I think we just all went out way too fast, way too Mm. hard, even though, you know, proportionately I was going, what I felt was a safe pace. Um, but yeah, the, the, the amount that I slowed down during the race was just tremendous, a significant bonk. Um, and I felt like I nailed my nutrition and everything very well, but this was one race where, and I was telling people like, I've never blown up really bad where I just like heart rate too high for too long and blew up. Like I, that usually is not my problem. And and I think that probably just goes to show that I tend to be a little too cautious. Um, yeah. So run rabbit run, I got to just meet it face on. I mean, I blew up so bad. Like my heart rate was, was like 140 hiking up some yeah. of the climbs. I mean, yeah. it was just like, <laughs> so, so, you know, I got to feel that, that struggle bus. Um, and, and it was around 50 miles where I completely lost my climbing legs. Um oh. And I'm like, at this point, we are back down at 6,500 feet. We got to go all the way back up to 10.5 and spend the whole night up at 10,000 feet. And then, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm playing this out of my head. Like, I, I can't even run the climbs at, at 6,500 feet. And I'm thinking like, ah, yeah, yeah this, is, this is not going good. But like, I was determined to make the best of every moment, like knowing that, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to have my day, but I was determined to make the the most out of it. Um, so went up in the last, I could see my crew was, was 70 miles. Um, and it was going to be, you know, a 30 mile section, which it ended up being, the race was like 102 miles. So, um, that played into things a little bit, but, 
Um, yeah, went did a the 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 hardest section was right after the last time I saw my crew at seventy um, from seventy to seventy six was a very gnarly steep climb and like we were going over boulders that were like huge steps like you had to like either jump or anyhow it was just like a an extremely difficult section and the closest guy behind me at 70 miles was 23 minutes back yeah and i i learned this later um and he caught me till i was at 76 miles i think it was his name nick the guy that got he ended up getting yeah. third nick uh, elson yeah shouldn't blow yeah nick elson shouldn't 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 just drop the hint right right away but um so he he had put the t- he got 23 minutes on me in six miles, like just ate me Dude, up. That's um, I guess the guy is, the guy, I guess has a bunch of FKTs and he's like a super good hiker. Climb. Um, and he was doing, doing that very well. He was, he's just a very good climber. Yeah. Um, so the top, but then we're back up top and now altitude is killing me, but you know, Gotta you know run. what? Like <laughs> it's flat up there. Yeah, and yeah. I actually hiked most of the flats up there. It was like, this is, this is sick, but <laughs> I had to hike most of the flats. But I noticed every time we got to a downhill, I would catch, I would catch Nick. And then, yeah. you know, anytime it was uphill, he, he would catch me. And so we struggled back and forth. Finally, he yeah. pulled ahead and I, I couldn't catch him. I think I was in fourth place at that time. Yeah. Um, and then I finally, I finally got to the aid station at mile 80. And I get there and Nick's sitting in the chair. And then I look over and Avery Collins is sitting in the chair, which he had led the race most of the day. And so I'm like, okay, so Avery (laughs) did blow (laughs) up. Start Um, counting. Yeah. (laughs) So, So yes, yes. I'm counting because I'm like, Okay, second, third, and fourth place. We are all sitting <laughs> sitting in the aid station at 80 miles, 80 miles in the middle of the night. And we've we've all blown up. And like we're just tr- like trying to figure out how to get to the finish line. Like yeah, how can yeah. we keep keep ourselves together? <laughs> um, so they both left before me because I was the last one into the aid station. And they both left and I, I got my stuff together and missed missed some calories there was a, a lovely volunteer helping me pack my pack for the last yeah. section and i dropped my my packet of morton and didn't realize it until a couple hours later oh man but i was like so i had a little calorie issue um towards the end and it was the middle of the night and it's just so hard to figure things out at night yeah. um but we had some crazy weather i mean we had hail snow and and rain quite a bit and so i get i keep getting to every time i get to an aid station so it took me a while to catch to catch avery but i knew like he was the next one i thought i could catch um so i finally caught him um and then no frappuccino but but had to take a dump (laughs) right after i caught him i'm like (laughs) trying to wrap this up as soon as i can because I know like the worst, the worst thing in the world you could ever do is like pass somebody and then they catch you in the woods like yeah, 20 yeah, minutes yeah. later. <laughs> and so yeah, anyhow, so uh, fortunately didn't have to, didn't have to deal with that. And um, so now it was just Nick was up there, but I knew that like he had just eaten me up. I mean, he, he put yeah. it, you know, he gained so much on me, um, but they kept telling me, they're like, he's just one minute ahead. You can just go catch him. I'm like, I could never catch him though. Every time I got, 
like to where I thought I could catch him. I had a problem. Like I come out of the one age station, like determined to go catch him. And then I got confused where to go because the fog was so thick. You like visibility was like 10 feet. Yeah. And so like I ran down the trail and then I'm like, wait, this can't be right. I don't see any course markers. So I ran back and there was a trail going off to the left. I went down that trail (laughs) and like, I'm running down this trail and all of a sudden I'm like, what is that in front of me? And I stopped and I stopped just a few feet short of a lake. And here <laughs> there was, a lake. It, it was just like a boat ramp. Yeah, yeah. there was a boat ramp going down to the lake. And I'm Where like, well, this isn't trail. So I'm in the mountains instead of running a race. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was nuts. So uh, went out the trail that, that uh, once I found the trail, you know, went out the other trail and finally did find Forrest Markies. But every time, Every time I thought I could catch him, something yeah. like this happened. Yeah. Um, another time later on, I'm running and all of a sudden I, I trip and just like wipe out, rips my bib number right off. Like just one of those really nasty face first, you know, just Superman. belly flops. Yeah. And yeah, so I pick, pick myself back up. And then later on, I'm like, you know what? I wonder if I took a wrong turn here because <laughs> I saw a light down to the left. And then like, I never ended up down to that light where that light was at. And I was really worried because I'm thinking if that person was on chorus, yeah, I never wound down to where they were at. And I was just like, I started getting scared and I never, I never take my phone with me, but I was nervous about the last 30 miles of this race, no crew access. Yeah. So I decided to have, to have my sister pack my phone. And so I called her and I'm like, I pulled my phone all out and I have one G. Um, so, or, you know, so I, I don't have 4G, so I don't have, I can't see my location. Yeah. And so I called my sister and I'm like, hey, so we have shared location. I'm like, hey, can you see the location on my phone and tell me if I'm on the right trail? I'm at 90, however many miles I was at, 94 miles. And like, where am I? And find out where I'm at. So she uh, talked to the race director. And they looked and found the location on my phone and found out where I'm at. And she's like, yes, the race director said, you are on trail. Whatever, <laughs> wherever that person was, <clears throat> maybe they were in the woods taking a dump too. Yeah. But anyhow, <laughs> yeah. you're back on trail. <laughs> you know, you're, you're back on trail. So I continued and still like I got, I got, was getting pretty close. And I knew that the downhill was my strength. And we had that yeah. 4,000 foot descent at the end. Yeah. So I knew that like, if I could catch Nick, like he would be toast on the last, on the last descent. Yeah. Uh, I just assumed I hadn't run for a couple hours, but I just assumed that I could find my running legs once I got on that final descent. Yeah. And at one point, I think it was soon before the last aid station, I looked up ahead and just like it was when I caught one of the other guys, I saw a headlight just turn around, like just flash. Like it wasn't, yeah. I couldn't see their light shining at the ground. I just saw a light up ahead flash. And it's what it is. Yeah. You know, a guy has a headlight on. He turns around to see the light behind him and he gives his yeah. spot away. And I thought I saw yeah. that. I'm like, you know what? That could be Nick. But at this point, like the tortoises, you know, start at noon where the hares started at 6 a.m. Yeah. So we're like catching people all night. But at this point, I'm going the same pace as the tortoises. So we're like <laughs> yeah, yeah. hiking it out. So I wasn't sure who was who up there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so. I just tried to try to make the best I could. And I was like, if, if only I could catch him before we get to the last aid station, I know I can make my move at the end. 
Well, yeah. I get to the last aid station. I'm like, well, I didn't didn't catch him yet. Well, then I look over and he is sitting at the sitting in a chair. Nice. Yeah. I'm like, okay, okay. game on. And remember my calorie deficit I had yeah. been running into for God. Yeah. So I didn't didn't have any calories with me. And I'm like, what do I do? Like he left the aid station really quickly once he saw I was there. Yeah. And I'm like, I went over to the and I'm trying to find something really quick, and there was just some coke there and i'm like just down three you know three quick uh shots of coke there and i'm like okay so we have it, it kind of hit me we have almost an hour of running yet so yeah. like i and i knew i was running low on calories and with an hour to go like that's enough to put you in trouble yeah so just drank a little coke and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna have to run like you know, if your heart rate really is just going to go into like sprinting mode for the last hour, um, yeah. I quickly caught Nick and I'm just like, I finally got into a really good groove at right around like a 630 pace. And I'm just like, okay, I, I just own this race. So my, <laughs> my light battery is going dead. It's like getting really dim. <laughs> yeah. And Ren, I had, I had a spare battery in my pack, but after you just dropped the guy is not a real good time to, you know, stop. Yeah, and yeah, pull out the battery. And besides, <laughs> lights are not good for people. Like they, yeah. they, they're they're targets. Okay, you can catch somebody if they have a light. But as the light went dim, I no longer could see the reflective markers either <laughs> um, that marked. <laughs> so, I, so I'm tearing down this access route, and it wasn't the same. Uh, it was like through the same area, but it was a mm -hmm. different road going down than it was coming up. Yeah. So I get to this one spot and I was pretty sure that we didn't go down the same way, but I get to this, you know, the top of the gondola and I'm like, well, we came up right here, but I'm like, I don't know if that's right. And there again, like I pulled my phone out <laughs> and I called my sister and I'm like, and here she was in the bathroom right then. And she comes running out of the bathroom, runs up to the race director is like, does he go down? He's at the gondola. Does he go straight over the hill or does he go down the, the access road? The racer is like, tell him to go down the access road. So I, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And I look back and Nick, I, you know, I had probably put a minute or two on him when Nick yeah. was, had caught back up. He was almost right with me at that point. Oh, so man. I just like took off again, like lost everything I had gained there. And now I've got like four miles left. Um, anyway, had a really solid, like last four miles. There was all the 50 milers had just started the race and they're all running up the hill and I'm running down and like, they're all cheering me on and had a, had an awesome finish. Like it was, it just felt so good after having, you know, a total struggle bus all night. And it just got light just as I was coming down that last descent. Yeah. And like, you know how it is when you're up all night, cause you've run 200 milers. As soon as the sun yeah. comes up, like no more fatigue. Like it's a brand new day. Yeah. You feel a little yeah. disoriented because you didn't sleep, but you, yeah. it's another day, but yet your mind didn't reset. It's, it's like this weird yeah. state, but you actually become a lot more alert the next yeah. day. Um, and so I just get, you know, just start to get alert. Well, you know, the finish line, um, come to the finish line. And I was just like, absolutely shocked that like I pulled off second place and yeah i was just i was just shocked um yeah but it was such a such a special moment and the, like when nick came in it was so neat to be there and he was just like 
over the moon because he was like, this was his first hundred miler. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's fantastic. Third place at Run Rabbit Run. And <laughs> he was just, yeah, yeah. He, you know, pulled this off and I'm like, like I blew up and just like, he was just eating me up and I was feeling so good that I finally did figure out a way to, you know, to, to race at the end there. Um, yeah. But yeah, we just, it was just a great time. It definitely really hit me where it hurts. You know, the, the climbing was yeah. a lot. The altitude was a lot. Um, running at night was a lot. Um, but all in all, like no complaint. And I didn't have, you know, I know when I, when I have a race like burning river or Mohican last year, where I am just trashed at the finish line. Like I put it all out there yeah. and that didn't happen at Western States or run rabbit run. But yeah. both of the races were were definitely good enough to be celebrated. So I was happy. Yeah. And Steamboat is so pretty. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to no, that part of Colorado, but yeah, it's just amazing. Like you climb up the, the mountain. The one bad thing is with a noon start, it gets dark on you pretty quick. Um, but it is so cool looking at the town from like the top of the mountain at night. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it just, breathtaking um looking down uh, but yeah it was a, it was an awesome race just a lot of fun playing in the mountains oh man um, yeah you know super impressive and and i'll be curious to know you know as you as you you know it'll be fun to watch as you, you you've learned these lessons from running in the mountains and uh, i would like to see you run western states and be spent at the end collapse <laughs> that's <laughs> You know, that's, that's what I was hoping would happen at, at Run Rabbit Run. Yeah. And unfortunately, like I was spent way too early in yeah. Run Rabbit Run. Um, but you know what? I, I'm at peace with that. Like, I, I'm okay with that. I blew yeah. up really bad and, and I had never done that before. And I'm, I'm at peace to uh, have done that once now. Well, and you know, the altitude, uh, it, it does that man. And you just don't know until you experience it. It's hard to know how, you know, how to deal with it. And it, it, it's, it's hard to explain to people. It's just your energy level, your heart rate, all that gets affected. Um, you know, and then a lot of times when you come back down, it's, it's, it's better, you know, and, and I don't have that, you know, a lot of races, you know, I remember doing a race in, uh, in Colorado and it was, it, it was high. I think it was second, second at the time it was second to hard rock with the, the average altitude, uh, silver heels. And this one, I'm running with this guy from France at the beginning. And he, he said, uh, when did you come down? And I was like, Oh, he, he said he'd been there two weeks to, to, to get used to the altitude. And I was like, I got here yesterday, man. I was like, I can't, <laughs> I don't have time to, you know, to go hang around oh, yeah. for two weeks, but, uh, but it affects you. you well, know, and you, I think like, I mean, I think, like Richard, the guy who won, he came from sea level. So like, yeah. I think guys can do really well, mm -hmm. um, but you just like have to learn effort levels all over again and things like, I think if I had a little bit more experience, like if I had ran 30 minutes slower in the first half, it could have made, you know, an hour or two difference in the second half. Um, but yeah. that's just, you know, minor effort level issues. Um, if it, like you Obviously, if you work, if you know how to work with the altitude, you can like, you can still do well. Yeah. Um, but it just takes a while to figure that out. Yeah. And, and, and the more, you know, the, your fitness is a huge factor. You know, if you're coming more fit, um, you know, and of course you can do at, 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 at 
sea level, you know, you can do altitude tents and things like that. Uh, they have some mm-hmm. benefits and, and heat training is also pretty beneficial, uh, which you, you seem to like. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do heat training. In fact, I, I have an altitude tent as well. Oh, nice. Uh, um, but what I found, like, I didn't get, didn't get sick from the altitude. And yeah. I think like with an altitude tent from, from, the research I've done, it seems to really help like training, you know, sleeping high, training low. Um, but when you're racing high for a, a super long event like that, I think it doesn't necessarily help your lung capacity. It just, just the gap, um, yeah. definitely would, would prevent you from getting altitude sickness, um, which is, you know, crazy major. Um, but it's, it's not quite the same as of course, as a living at altitude or spending some time up there and actually doing a five, six hour training run at altitude Um, and learning to know those effort levels. Like I may have been somewhat acclimated to altitude, but you know, first time spending a ton of time running at altitude, like I I had to learn those effort levels all over again. So it's all good. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So, so next on the, on the docket, is a uh, javelina man <laughs> javelina so uh you're going from the mountains to to the flat flat again man so uh so let me hear it man what's your what's your uh i don't know what's your goal what you what you looking for you did a 13 well, 14 last time yeah that was that was one of, definitely one of my better performances um you know i think when i look at my season like i had a ton of fun in the mountains Um, but the mountain season is kind of over with now. Um, I recover so well from these trail races, like run rabbit run. I recovered in the snap of a finger. I mean, it was just like, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. Um, but I'm like, you know what I've had, like, I got really beat up this year. You know, I, I had some very good performances like Western States was very good. Run rabbit run was very good, but neither of those made me feel like I ran hard. Neither of them. I felt like myself during the race. And I was like, you know what? I want to go to something that's familiar. Um, which Havelina, I, I was, uh, was made for that. Like just the heat and, you know, it's got six or 8,000 feet of vert. So just enough to keep you from, from, uh, like cramping up like the really flat ones do sometimes. So like Havelina is definitely a very, the elevation profile is very comfortable. Um, yeah, super hot usually. Um, and you know what, like after competing last year, it was a golden ticket event. And of course that's how I wound up in Western States, but I've learned like, there is such a battle. There are so many guys wanting those tickets so bad Yeah, that like, I want to race those guys. Even, even if I like, even if I'm not fighting for a golden ticket, and as you know, the system, system works. If, if, if yeah. people don't know, you know, they give away to the top two, uh, golden tickets to Western States. Um, and if someone doesn't need a ticket, it automatically just rolls down. Yep. So it's not like you're taking it away from someone else. Right. Um, there's very few people that are in Western States. Um, did I mention like top 10 get to go back to Western States automatically? Right. Um, so there's very few people that are in Western States that are competing at a golden ticket event, but there are a few. And like, I love the the competition level and just the vibe that goes with it. Like everybody knows whoever, whoever the top two are here are going to Western States. There's just so much hype 
about that. Like who's going to get those precious tickets. And I think every time at the start line, there's about 20 who think they're entitled to one of those. tickets. <laughs> and yet, and yet like we know only two of them are going to yeah. get it. And it's just so fun to watch the carnage out there. I mean, like it's, it's nuts what, what goes on. Um, so I wanted to be a part of that and congratulate the, the guys who, who get those tickets. Yeah. And I want to race those guys, but with different intentions. Like obviously last year, top two was all I cared about. Like let's, let's get a golden ticket. Yeah. Um, this year, there's no pressure about like trying to get second place. Um, yeah. It's, for me, it's just an open race. I'm just going for fun, like to see what I can do there yeah. and just get to enjoy the vibe of, of all the hype that's, that goes into one of those events. So well, I, I'm I, super excited. One thing that was a big draw, sorry. One thing that was a big draw for me when I saw Patrick Reagan was on the, on the entrance list. Um, yeah, I was, I was anyway. about to mention, I was about to mention some of the people in it and I, I see Matt Daniels is in there. Um, which uh, I got to meet him when I did Western States and he's been on the podcast. Good, great guy. I didn't realize he's cause he had an injury and has been coming back, but he's, I see he's, he's running Patrick Regan, um, Dakota Jones, mm-hmm. uh, Mark Hammond, man, there's, there's some, there's some stout competition, man. There's some guys that are going to be, <laughs> that are going to be booking it out there, man. So it's going to be, uh, yeah. it's going to be interesting, man. Yeah. I just, I was just texting Patrick yesterday. And uh, was was hoping to have a phone conversation with him. So I think that'll probably happen like Thursday. We're planning to, to uh, talk to each other and like go over our plans and like really try to work together. Um, I mean, we raced each other at Jackpot earlier this year. Yeah. And obviously that, that race didn't go well for for either of us. We both we both came away from the race with an injury um, yeah. and it was not the day we were looking for. Um, but yeah, we're hoping to like work together and and really see if we can, you know, hopefully spend a bunch of miles together and and ultimately really push each other hard. So we're we're excited. I I, I love watching uh, Patrick run uh, because he's like a metronome man. He's got such such a mm-hmm. just a, a a consistent smooth form. And uh, so so you said you're gonna you're gonna run together, but do you guys you guys talk smack to each other a little bit? Ah. Uh, I don't know, like not, not necessarily. I mean, Patrick, yeah, Patrick and I, like we went out for coffee the day before jackpot. That was our first time ever meeting. Um, we went out for coffee together and just tried to learn to know each other, but like Patrick's such a nice guy. Um, it's hard to imagine, like, it's hard to imagine competing with him. Like he's such, he's got, so much talent but like he's such a nice guy and just he's definitely 10 times more meticulous than me and he's yeah. like all into the details and everything and me i'm just like uh just uh i'll figure this out like just let my head rest a little bit i'll get out there on race day i'll figure this out just like go off the fly and he's got like everything down to a science like a reason a rhyme and a reason for everything he does so it's it's neat to mix to mix the two um yeah. And, you know, like we might have similar talent at that, you know, at the hundred mile distance, but like the guy has wheels, like he can just 
run away from me at any event. See, like two guys who could actually potentially, you know, race each other, but like they're so different. I mean, Patrick and I are so different. Like he's so meticulous into details and me, I'm just like, you know, just go out there and have a good time and, and see what happens. And like him, he's got unbelievable wheels. I don't even know what it's like marathon or half marathon is, but it's like just stupid fast. Yeah, um, yeah. And me, I'm like this slow poke that's out there that just is stubborn enough to never quit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's going to be great. Oh man. So is that, is that going to be your, uh, are you going to be closing out the year with that race or you got anything else you might feel like you might jump hmm. into? Yeah, I haven't, uh, I feel like I just got done announcing that I'm going to have Elena. Uh, yeah. I've got something else on the, on the horizon, possibly um, okay. all hinges on it all hinges on uh, how Havelina goes. And if I recover well, okay. Um, but yeah, I hopefully I'm not done for the year. Like hopefully Havelina doesn't tear me up too bad. I, I hope I feel spent at the end of that, but I, I don't know. I do so much better when I race often and yeah. don't train as much. And I decided after Western States to just take the approach for, from the rest for the rest of the season to do more racing and less training. And I'm feeling so much better doing that. Um, yeah. just my energy levels. Um, I stay much more injury free when I, when I race more often. Um, I know some people are like, well, dude, you've had a big season. Aren't you going to kick back and relax a little bit? And I'm like, um, my, actually my best way to relax is to book a bunch of races because <laughs> then I'm like tapering before I'm like recovering after, and it just feels so much easier when I'm racing. So I'm, yeah, I'm racing. Well, well is it, uh, you don't have to say it, but, uh, it, it, does, it, does it happen to be another Arizona race? Ah, boy, you're getting pretty specific. Yeah. I might <laughs> as well just say like, I, I'm, I'm high in desert souls. Okay. I, fig yeah. I figured that's what it was. That's, you've done it before. I, I figured. That's yeah. Yeah. So like to, to get a little more specific, um, after running that last year, it was so, it was so, uh, fascinating to me to watch the American record fall Yeah. to watch Nick Curry on his 13th try to go and get that American record to like watch him go from 155 miles as a PR to 173 yeah. to watch. It was so neat to be there. And for me, like I really enjoyed the event, even though it went terribly south at 18 hours. But I realized at that moment, like this is something that I'm not going to give up on. Like I want to, to do this more often. And I'm not like going into it with, with this super high goal that I'm going to nail it this time. Yeah. I realize it took Nick 13 tries and, and it may not take me 13, but I realize I have a lot to learn. Like the 24 hour track is so unforgiving. It is so hard. It is so yeah. there. Like you have absolutely no forgiveness. That's the problem. Like you have to nail it all the way through similar to like a backyard ultra yeah. where one bad loop and you're out. That's yeah. what I experienced at, at desert was with, with it being that cold at night and running all on flat, as soon as yeah. you lock up, as soon as something goes wrong. And like I talked earlier about the cappuccino, you know, that put me in the Portageon. Well, spending all that time in the Portageon was 
detrimental to my legs. You know, I, yeah. my legs locked up then. Yeah. Um, and as soon as my legs locked up, I was determined to, you know, walk it off or whatever. Well, then I got hypothermia. Yeah. Yeah. There's no coming back from it. I mean, once you're done, you're done. Like then I dealt, you know, with hypothermia for two hours till I got done with that. Like I couldn't stand. They had to carry me to the car. There was like, I would have loved to get out there and walk for another six hours, but walking was not, was not an option. (laughs) And, 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 so I am so fascinated by that format though. And know yeah. the pressure of knowing when you're out, you're out. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm ex- like, I haven't signed up yet. I, okay. Uh, whatever. I'm still yeah. like waiting to see on Havelina, but I want to give it another shot. I'm definitely not ready to take it as an A race. I think right. it'll take a lot of tries until I'm ready to say, okay, that's my main race. Yeah. But, but yeah. I think it's so much smarter to actually, like go into it with a very casual mindset and learn. I mean, I learned so much last year and that's all I want to do this year is learn as much as I can and kind of set me up for, for success someday. Yeah. What, what a cool mindset to go in, you know, don't put pressure on yourself. Just go in and say, Hey, let's just see what happens. You know, let's see what I can do. Let's learn some more. Yeah. I mean, shoot what you never know what might happen. Like, I'm very aware that I could nail it on my second try, but, but I'm not like expecting that I'm, I'm I'm going to learn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited. No, that's cool, man. So I'm going to, here's hoping, I hope, I hope that Havelina goes really well for for you and that you recover quickly. And, uh, because I'd like to, I'd like to see you go to desert solstice and not drink Frappuccino and, 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 uh, and have a good, you just have a good race, you know, and just see what, see what happens, you know, be able to race it to the end and, and just see how it feels, you know? Yeah. I think like ultimately it would be so fun to be on the track for 24 hours. Yeah, um, I remember yeah. last year I, I, I blew up, you know, got hypothermia. They had to carry me to the car. I went back to the hotel and got a shower and like soaked in Epsom salt like I always do. And like I got loosened back up and I I, I was ready to go to bed at like 6 a.m. I think it was. And I looked at, I, I pull out my phone. I'm like, I wonder how the race is going. And I look and Nick Curry is still like right straddling uh, American record pace. And so we went back to the race yeah. and I got to watch him you know, break the American record right there in so front funny. of me. And that was, yeah, that was so, it was so fun. But the interesting thing to me, there was only like four or five people out there uh, when Nick finished. So crazy. like of the 25 that started, when yeah. you think about it, only five are going to still be out there at the, at the end of the 24. Like it just blows your mind. But that just goes to show like how unforgiving that format is yeah so yeah it's cool every every now and then i i I wouldn't mind doing one of those one of those races on the track and my wife is like you guys are nuts because that looks like the worst (laughs) thing ever so boring you're going around in oval or whatever you know it's like (laughs) well i i wouldn't say boring at all um because i mean when are you running a hundred miles where you're with people the whole time that's true. Like, and you get, and you see your competition and you, you know, where everyone stands exactly, you know? Yeah. And you never know what might happen. Like last time I was out there, there was a high speed chase, um, that went right past the track. There was a car that, uh, one of the, the front wheel got ripped off of it and 
when I say high speed, it was going about six mile per hour because I actually passed the car. But there, the police were surrounding this car as it's still trying to go. It was That's crazy. It was so fun to be. So, yeah, you never know what might happen. I mean, when can when can you run a hundred miles and see that? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, not oh. not boring. <laughs> oh man, it was great. Well, well, Arlen, uh, man, uh, I'm glad to get you uh, back on finally, man. I know uh, things have been crazy on my end, but uh, man, just just uh, it's been fun to watch. You know what you're doing, man, and how the God's blessed you to be able to, you know just do what you do and, and just to see you, see you doing it, man. So, um, man, uh, I'll be, I'll be watching. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to creep my mileage back up, you know, to get out there again. Mm-hmm. I hadn't signed up for anything yet, but, uh, uh, but man, I hope, I hope one day to at least share a little bit of the trail with you. You like to race with you yeah. for a little while before you take off and, you know, oh, and, and <laughs> do it. Man. I mean, when an Ohio race and I'll pace you or something, I mean, Hey, I I'm flexible, dude. Like, let's make it happen. That that'd be cool, you know. Hey, I, I had I hadn't raced in in Ohio, so I have to I have to I have yeah. to look at that and see. And you'd be so bored pacing me at the end. Of- <laughs> oh no! Come on, man! Come come on! I oh I love I love pacing. You know, I've I've paced people that that are are you know thirty hour hundred mile finishers, and I mean it's it's all fun, like it all feels the same when you're out yeah. there at night. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't matter how slow you're going. I mean, it's, it's, it's just hanging out, having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think we'd have a good time. We'd have a good visit for sure. You know? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, we would. Well, well, man. Um, so real quick, before we get off, before we, before I hit stop on the recording, you, you, what, what are you guys fishing again? <laughs> oh, come on. Okay. Yeah. So, so like as a boy growing, so I love, I love, you know, outdoors. I love hunting. I love yeah. fishing. I love anything outdoors. So, um, and, and especially anything that has to do with wildlife. So yeah. And, and as a, as a little boy growing up, I heard stories of these, these fish that were up in, I don't know, Canada or, or maybe Mars or, or Jupiter or somewhere. <laughs> there are these fish, they're, they're called musky, you know, and they're, they're part of the Northern Pike family, but I, I always thought that there were like, you know, a handful in the world and like they were about to go extinct or something. And they were these big fish that I just envisioned. They were so big and powerful and mean that like nobody could ever catch one. They would always outsmart them. I heard stories of where they, they dart underneath the boat and like rip the line. And I, I heard all these rumors, you know, about that. Well, I never knew that like they are native to Ohio and I've been like they, they sitting around in the waters underneath me my whole life. And here I am almost 30 years old and never, never knew that they actually were right, right around me. That's So awesome. this summer, my, yeah. So this summer, uh, this spring, my brother was up in Michigan and he caught his first muskie. And I mean, he was just, just out of this world excited that he caught his first muskie. And it was, it was humongous. Um, he had pictures of it and you know, he had that lake has a restriction, you know, you have to let him go. I mean, this was a trophy. He would have maybe mounted this thing, but it, I mean, it was a, a huge trophy, but, um, he let, he let it go. He come back home and he's like, where, where are the nearest muskies to Ohio? And he finds out there's like a half dozen lakes right here in Ohio that supposedly have muskie. So he, <laughs> he, uh, he bought a wee little boat, um, 
I mean, it's basically a pop can with a motor on the back. <laughs> and he went out and to our total surprise, his first time ever going musky fishing in Ohio, he actually caught one. Now it wasn't a record size or anything, but he caught one. And I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> um, they call them the fish of 10,000 casts. They say, you know, if you catch one in a lifetime, you're a really lucky fisherman. Like yeah. that's just what, what, what people say. Um, they're really picky about what they want to eat, the times they feed. There's so much that goes into it, but they're, they're just extremely hard to catch. And there's very few of them out there uh, because they are at the top of the food chain. They, they eat, you know, they, they rely on other fish. So it takes a huge amount of water to produce a very small population of muskie. Um, yeah. So we were so determined. We went like six different times after that and didn't catch anything. Um, but I'm like, if he caught one the first time, there's got to be one out here for me. Um, yeah. And I managed, ended up catching my first one. Um, and then just last Friday, I caught the, the biggest one um, I ever, ever caught. It was 47 inches long. I mean, it, nice. it like filled up the boat. It was so fun. Derek Miller, <laughs> the guy that, the guy that paces me, paced me at Havelina, paced me at Western States. Like he, I took him out fishing and I think we spent, we spent one other day, the whole day fishing. And then I took him out on Friday and, you know, he got his first muskie and then I ended up getting my biggest muskie ever. Um, so it was, it was just a, an exciting day. It was like, Oh, it was such a rush. That's but, well. I, yeah. I just I looked it up on, on the window oh. here, and those are they're, they're huge. That's huge. yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're 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 a lot of fun. Like I can't believe when you pull one of those things out of the water, you just like are in awe that that thing was down there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, like, like one guy said, it, it, he was telling my, my brother was telling me he likes to fish for musky and he's like, Oh man, you don't want to catch those. That's like an alligator. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it reminds me of a Louisiana uh, garfish. Like... We have, you know, garfish in Louisiana, they get huge, but you don't, you don't try to yeah. catch those cause they're, they're easy to catch and, and they're a mess. So yeah. 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 With these are, they are a mess. Um, they're not easy to catch, but the teeth are just, I mean, they are, they are so nasty. Yeah. I have, I have yet to catch one that I didn't end up bleeding, <laughs> uh, afterwards because they just like their gills are filled with teeth. They actually have like barbs in their gills. That's so when crazy. you try to pick them up, then when you pull your fingers out, the barbs, like you can go in the gills, but when you come out, it like grabs you and like rips your, I mean, my fingers, there's scars all over my fingers from, from the one I caught this Friday. Uh, the boat was all blood. I got back and I told my brother, I'm like, your boat is all bloody. And I said, <laughs> and it's not fish blood. <laughs> it's Arlen blood. <laughs> um, yes, yes, yes. So, uh, but it's great. It's great. It's a lot uh, of fun. I'm trying something that's, new. That's cool, man. Hey, that's good downtime, man. Well, I had, I had to ask you about that while we were recording because I, 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 oh, yeah. I was curious about it, man. But, uh, well, well, Arlen, um, dude, I'll be watching and uh you know hey i love i love to hear the stories of the races so so after you go crush a few more we'll get you back on and talk about it again yeah yeah well thanks for being patient i know we've been talking about uh getting it, making this happen ever since western states um but it, it my bad it just oh, you know my, i've been hey. I need to plan this when I'm, well, obviously I'm tapering now. So yeah, I, it, yeah. it either has to be while I'm recovering or tapering because, you know, with my high volume, it's just, 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. so much. Going well, what are you doing with your time? I'm running. I'm running all the time. <laughs> it's- well, yeah. And I still have like a full time job. So that's yeah. like super challenging to try to to try to balance that. And of yeah. course, I sometimes sometimes I get down to the the end of the week and I don't want to run or work. All I want to do is go <laughs> out on a lake and go fishing or something. Just like, oh, let me do something different. Yeah. Can I eat, sleep, oh, and fish? Yeah. But that's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would be nice for a change. Uh, well, well, Arlen, man, you take care of yourself, man, brother, and we'll uh, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, David. Appreciate it.